0: It's the CMXU Manager Check-In. Brought to you by KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, and Gas Gas Canada. Also brought to you by Bristol Coachworks. With your host, Ryan Gould. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen here we go once again this time a manager check-in it has been a few weeks since i've talked to a manager well main reason is there hasn't been a lot of racing going on we're getting ready to head to go for dunes for the first round of supercross in a week or so time but some recent news made me feel like i need to check in with this certain manager and i believe this is going to be a good one lots of good news lots of positivity and um a, b- a very big event coming up here in just under a month's time uh this one is going to be brought to you by ktm Canada, Husqvarna Canada, Gas Gas Canada, and our good friends over at uh, Bristol Coachworks as well. Make sure you find them on Instagram and YouTube, at Bristol Coachworks, and you can get yourself a bunch of cool things for your van or for your sprinters, or maybe you just want to deck up the old Honda Corolla. I don't know. You never know what it's going to be these days. Bristol Coachworks can make anything you got that looks like crap look a lot better, Um, and uh, of course, you want to win championships, KTM Canada, Ryder McNabb, that's what they do. And uh, without further ado, we are now going to bring in the manager of Team Canada Motocross of Nations here in 2023. A lot of people are very happy about this, and the post this past week makes our country very happy about this. It is Miss Courtney Lloyd. How are you doing, young lady? I'm good. How are you? I am uh, doing pretty damn well, actually. I'm, I'm here I'm in the lovely province of Ontario. And i um, well, that's about actually all I have to say. It's a lovely province of Ontario. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Getting things ready to go. I got a race this weekend at Saint-Denis, Um, and I was trying to think of someone who I need to talk to and catch up with, and then I saw this wonderful, bright, shiny post of this amazing amount of money raised in our country for our team, and I'm like... That's it, right there. We got to catch up with Courtney Lloyd, and uh, obviously, you got to be feeling good right now, Court. I mean, a hell of a job. Uh, still, some work to be done here, obviously, but uh, at this point in time, I think things—you uh, you, got to be feeling pretty good about what you've done and what's going on.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's definitely a relief, like because you plan everything, as you know, you've done it before, and you put it on your own credit cards, and you prepay for a bunch of stuff, and then it's like if you don't fundraise that money, it's either going to go on your credit card and you're going to pay it off for the next two years, or. The team's just not going to go, and you feel so much pressure to, you know, you pick the team, you pick the riders, but then if you don't have the money to go, odds are you're not going. So it's super stressful, so I've just been working really, really hard this summer, you know, to be at all the nationals, and I have the merch site going and selling all the t-shirts and stuff, which isn't high-ticket items, and the margins are quite low on it, but because everyone was so rad, and, like, people buying, like, two or three t-shirts at the time, like, I'm sure nobody needs another t-shirt, let's be real, but... (laughs) Everyone supporting me and wearing them and like seeing like the triple crown guys wearing them and you guys wearing them and your families and like looking around the pits and people just fully supporting it. Like it's just been so rad that way. And when we did hit that benchmark thanks to our sponsors and to all the merch that we sold and stuff, it was just like, Oh sick, this is such a relief. We don't have to do any weird Like fundraising things, we don't have to try and hustle anymore, like we kind of have a bit of a breather so I can just more focus now on the planning and making sure that everything that needs to get done gets done and and people are going to get paid and that's kind of an
1: important deal when you're going overseas, you know. So what you're saying is you're not going to have to dance in your underwear like I did to raise a little bit of capital.
0: (laughs) no okay no i won't okay i don't know
1: if i love our country enough to do that even (laughs) well i wasn't (laughs) sure at the time either but you know a few extra cocktails makes it easy for your country that's what you do um you know what's funny that was uh that year that i did it we were right around kind of the same time about a month a month or so to go it was at Transcan. um i can't remember if you were there that year or not it was in 14 at the actual Transcan. um and i was like I don't know, about 30 G's. And I'm like, okay, guys, I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm not too sure. And then uh, a bunch of guys came in kind of under the wire and, and, and stepped up soon as kind of the team was sort of made. That's when Honda came in and KTM helped out and, and uh, Mathis did a thing. And anyway, it just kind of pushed us over the edge. So yeah, I, I understand that, that feeling of comfort you must have right now, because yeah, you're, you're fronting the money, you're fronting the credit card number, you're making the calls, you're holding rooms, you're holding this or whatever it is. And you're, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm assuming the, uh, the hair can, can start falling out pretty easily, even for a girl. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's stressful because even like just buying stuff for the merch site like that all has to go on my credit card so like I don't want to be wearing the same t-shirt for the next 400
1: years so I'm hoping I'm hoping the stuff that I design is like something that people are going to want When you come in and buy a a side by side oil filter you get a free (laughs) shirt with it at Cycle (laughs) North
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's like it's so much overhead to initially do it and paying for the website every month and paying for that debit machine and stuff that I got so that at at the tracks and everything I can take credit cards and so it's so much initially out of pocket for the team manager and like you've been there and you're like oh my god am I going to get this back am I ever going to be able to make enough to cover all this so it was really scary like the first you know two months being at the nationals and being like okay I am not I haven't broke even yet oh my god I haven't broke even yet and then you got to get like more into the black and it's like okay this is working but then you have to order more shit because you're, you sell out of it and yeah. I'm like do I want to order more because that's kind of a risk too so it's, like, it's just, it's, it's super stressful, and it's,
1: like, one of those things where you don't want to put on your own card, and you don't want to have to, but then you just have to work your ass off and hustle to make sure
0: that people buy the stuff.
1: Yeah, 100%. Really and, uh, down to, like, this is, uh, the third time, correct? You're doing this? Third or fourth? Yep. Yeah. Third.
0: This is my, this is my fourth.
1: This is your yeah. fourth. Yes, right. Okay. Italy,
0: yeah. England, Red Button. That's right.
1: The That's thing. right. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um... Uh, God, I'm so old.
0: I can't even remember.
1: That's where I'm at in life. Oh come on! Now those are freaking posters. <laughs> posters on your wall, you see every morning. I'm sure of it. Um, uh, I want to talk about the team uh, this year. Obviously, we have, and it's been it's been brought up on other podcast shows and everything. And when when our, when other teams have been announced, that you know Canada's got a great team this year. They could be a uh, you know a bit of a dark horse, if you will, to really squeeze in one of their best ever all finishes. And actually, let me throw this at you because you're now doing all this. Is our best finish ever 8th? Yeah. It is 8th, and that was... It was 8th in 2004. Right, okay, so, okay, and then I know Bud's Creek, they were 10th, and you were 10th in Italy? In Italy, we were 10th. Yes. Um, England, we were 11th,
0: or no, 13th, I think, in England, and then I think we were 11th at Red Butter, or maybe it's vice versa.
1: No, I I think Red Bud, you ended up getting 14, I think, because... or no 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 wait that was last year my fault my fault uh, yeah I think you're around eleven anyway uh, eighth is what is sort of the the target uh, if we if we do have a target if you will or a goal I think obviously the goal is just getting there uh, for all the fundraising and how it works and stuff like that and then you just hope hope things work out but um, the team this year um, I guess sort of easier to pick than maybe past years just give me your thoughts on that one because. Everybody that's going uh, either won motos, they won the titles, they're the clear-cut favorites as far as the picks. And I go, was it easier this year or was it more difficult? Uh, give me your thoughts on that.
0: I think it was a little bit of both. I think I found it more difficult because the rider selection at the beginning of the season um, was a lot deeper than some of the other years. <clears throat> some of the other years, also, people have said that they don't want to go, so I could kind of, like, they weren't on the list, so then you could pick somebody else. And, and it, But this year, it was like everybody wanted to go. And right. I even had riders that, like... Weren't even on my radar that they see me in Edmonton, and they're like, "I want to go to France," and I'm like, "Oh God, it's so much
1: stress." You had some American (laughs) friends. Some American friends. Hey, Courtney, you want to get married? I wouldn't mind going to France. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And I think as the season progressed, like seeing seeing who those top riders were, results wise, made it made it an easier choice. But then there's the argument for like, do you choose experience over race wins? And so that came into play a little bit. You know, you've got some more experienced riders that you know, we could take and they could, they could do the job and they, we could do well and they're consistent. And so that was in the back of my mind as well. And I know me you and you got into a few like arguments about it and stuff. And like, you know, do you take the experienced guys? Do you give another person a chance? And you know, my dad, he kind of brings hockey into it. Like, you know, when you have a younger team, but you have to start to train these newer guys and these younger guys
1: to come right. yep. So That that played a lot into it. And so I think it was it was more
0: stressful in the sense that trying something new is scary but At the same time, they prove that they deserve to be on the team. There's no better 250 guy. There's no better two 450 guys than than who's on the team. So I know the team is the strongest, and I know the team is, like, the, the very best choice. It was just hard sometimes for me to wrap my head around, like, taking that experienced person, like a Moff or a Tyler. Yeah. As opposed to taking someone who's, like, never been overseas before, never raced overseas before. So the stress of that kind of made it hard
1: and I mean but just came into play yeah and then even coming into it again you know obviously uh, our team is amazing our riders are amazing but most likely not going to win the event or even podium Um, so yeah you got to think about that okay hey do I want to get the experienced guy or do I want to give the younger guy this chance like we're not going to win and and, I mean obviously anything can happen of course right but you know by data shows and and, and sort of common sense in a way but um, you got yeah I, I like that I like that theory that that big Randy kind of used. And, um, you know, for years, Team Canada was like that. They'd have those experienced guys that carry the flag. So that's where your Dylan Wright comes in handy. And even Jess Pettis, who had been there before as well. And they can help guide Ryder McNabb, who really struggled last year at Red Bud, right? That's no yes. secret. He had a hard time coping with it. He looks like a completely different kid this year. And so, you know, and then obviously maybe these rumors of Ryder, he's going to the States next year. And now his experience is going to grow. And then, four or five years down the road when you're, you know, covered in, in Team Canada gold that you've been now five, seven years, he'll be the guy that you're looking to to be the experience of bringing in maybe a, I don't know, think of a fast 65 kid, like maybe a Blake Davies, something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a kid that's really, yeah. I, I say a 65 kid, but Blake Davies is only 14 years old. He could yeah. he he's could almost, he would eat that <laughs> thing up, but he could almost ride it when he's still so young. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It, that's kind of, uh, sure. it's sort of, a difficult situation that you get yourself in without even sort of people kind of realizing it because all they want you to do is get a team there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's it. Like, I think people this year were just stoked to have a team, but then at the same time, they want us to go there and they want us to do well. And there's there's just so many different things that come into play when you're choosing the team. Like, you know, it's just... I think Ryder's going to do really well, and Ryder's matured a lot in the last year, and he's, and he's shown that, and Jesse's been super strong this year, I mean, it's, I think that, it's as much as it stressed me out, to be honest, to be full disclosure, to not have Tyler there, I think it's moving forward is what's going to be the best as far as helping these guys grow and helping these other riders know that there is, a after the end of the season, there is another option for them maybe they'll get recognized by someone in the GP series and they might get called to go to Europe. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, rider's Road, if, if that's what he's doing, if he's going to the U.S., you know, like, and I think that the more we're at these international events and the more that these guys get the exposure, there could, there could be other contracts for them. There, there could be, you know, other rides for them besides just trying to get on the top rides in Canada.
1: I'll use, uh, this is kind of before your time in this sort of thing, but you might remember the name, Ben Townley. Um, I believe it was 05... Uh, he basically kept Ricky Carmichael honest in both of the motos. I think it, he they were in one and three. Um, and next year he got a, a PC ride. Um, you know, it opened the doors. And, I mean, he was obviously fast up to that point, but it, it was like uh, our Mitch Payton is on record by saying that is where the first time we ever really kind of made sure, like, okay, we got to keep this name on our list kind of thing. So anyway, like you said, this is this is definitely, there's a lot more eyes and opportunity. and And, and the way that like sort of the, The world is structured with racing. Man, we have Canadian teams right now talking about European riders. Why the hell couldn't it be vice versa? Like the European riders talking about Canadian kids that come over to their team and get that sort of thing, and like what Dylan Wright did a couple years ago uh, when he read out there for like those four or five rounds. So um, yeah. for sure, at, at this opportunity, and you know, as they always say, you miss a hundred a percent of the shots you don't take, and and that you're you're able to give them this opportunity, which is cool. And um, anyway, the excitement's in the air for it for sure. Um, back to the the Justin Ryder. how badass do those bikes look? Like, oh man. That might be the the nicest looking... Sorry to interrupt. That might be the nicest looking bike I've ever seen. Like, I was just like, (laughs) I was dripping. I'm like, oh, my God, that looks so good.
0: Oh, I know. I was pumped on them. And the proof, you couldn't really see how,
1: like, the holographic kind of stuff on it. Right. And, and obviously
0: I thought they looked good but when I seen them when Matt sent me that video in the picture I was like oh my god those look so nice and I'm like Diggy you better up your game on Dylan's bike because these
1: look pretty good he's probably <laughs> just gone back to the drawing board already now him and Lime 9 oh Gary <laughs> Lime 9
0: is probably like
1: oh um, I right? let's <laughs> talk fun. about uh, every year uh, we talk about the, the struggle it is to do this and this and that and the raise money and I honestly think there was I know that you were stressed obviously but I don't think there was a point anybody outside of the camp for Team Canada saying that, man, I don't know if they could pull it off. Oh, I don't know. It's a lot of money. I think everybody thought that it was going to happen right from the get-go, especially with the organization that you've kind of created, that cool meeting you did in Calgary to kind of get everybody sort of solidified and together and, and talking about it, the, the social media. Um, was there Was there anything that was extra difficult this year or did it – from the outside looking in, go as easy as it looks like we're sitting here talking right now, talking about it, because we're going.
0: Um, to be perfectly honest, the, the biggest struggle I had this year was with the manufacturers and the restrictions that they put on me, I can't, sell, I can't sell sponsor logos on a rider. I can't sell sponsor logos on a bike. So how do I give value to these guys that want to give us money to go when... I'm not allowed to
1: put their logo on a jersey, or I'm not allowed to put their logo on a bike. So it's hard to sell a sponsorship package Right. Um, without that. So it's like
0: trying to come up with different ideas as to what I can get give these guys value. And the majority of them don't care. They just want to help us out. But
1: right. It's, to me, it's like a matter of they're the ones getting us there. The teams
0: are, yes, for sure. And the team sponsors help them out all summer, which helps us get the riders to this point 100%. But my biggest thing this year that was tough was just trying to sell a sponsorship package without really a lot of tangible things to
1: sell. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 get that all. You know, on a smaller level, just kind of things. You know, you're trying to sell things. KTM, Husky, and GasGas Gas want to jump on board, but the Cowie guys mm-hmm. don't want this or whatever it is. But, um, but I think I think you got that idea or the right idea. But with this event, it's it's a, a culmination of trying to come together. So whether it's you know priority mechanical or. or uh, uh, myself with ammo or or Sam Gaynor they don't. I don't. They're just want to help it to keep the program alive. It's not like they are. For sure. You know, there's not really an ROI on this, right? You know what I mean? Like it's not like there's yeah. some sort of investment into the team or you're getting stock options. So I think at the end no. of the day, these people real Unless maybe someone comes in and is like, you know what, Corey, you do an amazing job. I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars to do this, and I want this, 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 and this. Then you're going to be like, oh shit, yeah, um, exactly. right? But I would so be like. Yeah. This guy's getting his face put on the motorcycle. Like, well, I, I guess at that point you just buy bikes and <laughs> buy whatever yeah, you want no, and true. sort of thing, and everybody can run canvas gear or oGs and make their mm-hmm. own own colors or whatever kind of thing. But I think with it with the idea, and that's the way you always did it before it seemed, and even doing it now, and the way my idea when I did it is try to get the the country involved. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's what Canada does once they see something they believe in they'll all join into it. And I always used to hockey and your, your dad would understand that as well. But for some reason, hockey makes us all sit down and cheer. It's, you know, it is yeah. our, our, our pastime. Our, it's not our natural sport because lacrosse is wherever the fuck that happened. I don't get that. But, um, but like, is that it true? Just, yeah, lacrosse is Canada's national sport. Huh. Can you I believe did. that? Yeah, retarded. I don't get it either. But anyway, <laughs> never, I never would have guessed. That. Yeah, no, it's 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 weird that is. But anyway, it's just like hockey is like our our, our it makes us proud. Our, where whenever you have a, a son, you're like, oh, he's gonna play hockey and all this kind of shit. So I, I truly believe the way that you're going about it is is proper and it showcases this year that you know 60 to 70 k can be met, can be done across the board. There isn't mm-hmm. just one person. You know, jumping in on a fifty thousand dollar deal to try to get a pat on the back—it's a—it's a team effort, uh, not just on the bikes and and under your tent at uh, France. It's mm-hmm. the country's on board. Like it's that—that's, I mean, Noof's always bugging me. That's he says that's almost what makes it special too,
0: right? Like because yeah. the fans know that they're the ones that have got us there. So as much as like I would love for that corporate sponsor to like, you know, the phone call I got, and I won't name names, but he said he found me like, you know. $50,000 in funding, and I was at like, go for dunes crying, and then it, like, you guys were all like, oh, just give it time, like, that's not gonna happen, and I was like, oh, no, he said he's getting it, yeah. and, then, and then it came down to the corporate thing, like, oh, you can't give us a logo, what is the TV package, and I'm like, I don't have access to any of that, Yeah. so it's like... You know, you go back to just the basics that you started, it's the raffles, it's the tickets, it's the t-shirts, and it's like, that's just who our team is, that's just, we just kind of, I just have to come to terms with that, that I'm not going to get those big corporate sponsorships, and, but it does make it more special, because I know the fans got us there, and every hat, every t-shirt, every pair of socks is like, one or two meals for the boys, or part of the flights, like, and, I, and I, it does
1: make it feel very inclusive for yeah. everybody. And there's like when you go to a race the next time that like, oh, thank you so much. You shake that person's hands. It's like there's a personal relationship there with the team. And it's like they're like they're part of this business that's sort of growing, even though it's not a business because it doesn't make any money. But it's like this 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 growth thing. Um, and then what I was going to say is you could remember when um, they did COVID supercrosses and they had like the fans faces in the stands. Can, yeah. We can start, well, next year we'll plan on that we'll build cardboard cutouts of fans that buy it and they can, we can stick them outside the rigs uh, wherever it is next year oh my year. god
0: I totally forgot about that what weird times we
1: lived in Right. Um, that
0: would be hilarious
1: oh my god um, dealing on the uh, forever right the CMA or FIMs or whatever it was always so mm-hmm. difficult um, I feel like this year there's been a bit of a wall knockdown court. Um, even on my side of things, I've talked to to Ross a little bit um, and uh, uh, and uh, Lee Freiberger kind of helped with some certain things and uh, stuff like that. It seems like there's been a little bit more, um, I don't know, less tension and, and BS, if you will, on the CMA side of things, and they've really been uh, advocates of what you've been trying to do. There's been no blockades.
0: No, I can't even begin to describe how different this time is. Like, and not... Not necessarily on, like, the totally negative side, but even just getting information and emails back and forth, communication. At the beginning, obviously, I was a little bit hesitant, like, okay, do I send them my budget? Are they going to say, because in the past, you'd send a budget, and it would be like, you don't need this and this and this and this and this, and you it, it would just be ridiculed, but there yeah. would be no help on, like, okay, well, what's your plan then?
1: Yeah, and, no. You just always felt like you were getting berated. So at the beginning, I was really
0: hesitant to even give information to them because I was scared that it was just gonna be like the past. And it's been awesome. Like Holly and Heather and Ross are the three kind of that I deal with at the CMA. I don't really
1: know everybody else. Right. Um, but any information I need, if, if Infront or
0: MXGP sends them information, they send it to me. You can see on the emails, they send it to me within the same day. Um, even getting the team entered in the past has been almost like a national secret, and this year they sent me the entry forms, you fill them out, you fire them back, like, it's not its not this big controlling situation anymore, and it's just my stress level on that end has been completely null this year, like, whereas yeah. the anxiety that I had sending stuff into the CMA in the past was just like, oh, fuck, what am I going to get back on this now?
1: Yeah, like, yeah
0: almost to the point of terror and you almost wanted to lie to them because
1: it was like well I'm not going to
0: send them how much money I fundraise because they're going to want me to send it
1: to them oh fuck like, I lied I lied my ass off that's why I got fired <laughs> <laughs> uh, for well, sure got cut <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean but it, what a- it's just
0: it's totally different like it's, it's completely folded like I'm full disclosure with them. I'm transparent with them. If things are going good, bad, or ugly, I feel like I could tell Ross or Holly and they would help me come up with a solution for it. Like, I don't feel like I'm on eggshells. It's, it's crazy how it could have been like this for the last 20 years, and it just hasn't been. And just in, like, not even at the span of one year. Well, maybe Ross has been there for a year. now, I'm not 100% sure, but, um, like
1: amount of time it's it's absolutely wild just a breath of fresh air like i mean when fans and people listen to this their uh, excitement level i mean you know just the way we're talking it sounds like we're good to go now for years to come as long as we get fundraising and, and all that kind of stuff. That's that basically now is where it's going to come down to each year. Just making sure we can get that money to go to wherever the next year's race is. Uh, That's it, amazing to see. And it's like you just said, crazy to think that it's just like, you know, uh, one single person and just kind of being a little bit more open-minded to making it work forever. And, you know, um, unfortunately Maryland wasn't that girl forever. And, uh, it sounds like we're on the on the path of up and up which is exciting and like I said we're going to France this year we got one of the best teams we've ever had we've got the we've organized again you've got the money in hand already well in time like you can be comfortable and be like okay I can plan a little bit more here or maybe we can be better there or whatever it is like it's, that's got to feel good
0: It does for sure like I, I still obviously don't have a commitment from them moving forward for the next few years but I would like to have that conversation after. After this race is over, just to prove to them this year, kind of that I can do it, and that I am the right person for it, and then hopefully we can start to build something for the future and get on the. Because like, we're not on the budgets for like the manufacturers and stuff yet, and by the time we get donations rolls around, they don't have any money. So the the manufacturers and. And stuff like that I would like to have a plan moving forward for the next two or three years yeah where, like this is consistently what it's gonna be we can put the money that's left over from this year into a fund for next year we can start to build on it in a way that we never have been before because it's been so unclear whether we're allowed to go or not
1: well and then so, maybe again those conversations you've sort of had before about talking about like the junior team and you know you're sending maybe the whatever it is that 65 85 super mini kid to wherever those are like or maybe putting in funds to help kids get to Loretta's or whatever it may be, but there's if you can start planning ahead of times and getting ahead of things, then you'll be all the, yeah, like you said, get it on the manufacturer's budgets or or the the people's budgets at the beginning of the year when everybody kind of knows they've got a little bit more funds coming in. They can be a little aggressive and say, hey, I'm going to take this out of here and put it over there because I really like what Courtney's doing and I love the ideas and I want for the future and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think that's great. Um, um, And that's such a, yeah, like you said. What's crazy
0: about the junior team, the fact that we don't go as well, because I had a parent stop me in the liquor store at Walton Nice. and say, we'll all pay for our kids to go. Like, that's not the issue. We just need someone to plan it or tell us how we can do it. And, like, so the fact that we don't have a juniors team is kind of crazy because all those parents, they want little Johnny to go and they have, yeah. they will come up with the money to go. Like, so people just need, you know, we just have to open up the doors for people to have the option to go yeah. and, to, and to plan and to do It doesn't necessarily have to be me or you or whoever, but – just starting that relationship with the CMA, like, hey, people want to do these international events. People have the funding. People, they will figure it out. Like, so I think it's super cool that now we kind of are starting to start these conversations. And, and Ross, he's really good. Like, he, he reads all your guys' stuff. He listens to your podcasts. Like, and he's he's in the know and he's in the loop. So it's like it's so much easier to explain things to them because he already kind of has an idea of what's going on.
1: I don't think he wants to listen You're to not- those ones we did like four or five years ago. Um, but <laughs> I think he listened to them, and that's why he wanted to be a part of this. You know, maybe um, uh, let's so let's just talk about coming into the event now. Uh, we're a little uh, about 24 25 days out. Uh, maybe about 18 19 till you guys actually start flying out. Um, everybody's flying from their home bases. Uh, uh, flights, everything, all like that, already booked. Bikes and stuff are already over there. How's how's all that part? Like all the logistics side of things.
0: Yeah, so for the flights, um, we're all flying from different areas, but we're all meeting in Montreal and then taking the same flight from Montreal to Paris. Okay. So us West Coasters will fly out of Vancouver. I'll fly out of PG the day before um, and then just stay in Vancouver. And then the guys from Vancouver and I will all fly to Montreal. The Toronto people will fly to Montreal and then we're all just on the same flight. So when we land, we can just jump in the rental cars and head out to the house um the bikes actually leave on friday so the carnage sheets were all due yesterday so we submitted those all into the shipping company and that's all done and then yeah the bikes will leave friday and then they'll they'll go through customs and all that stuff over there and then hopefully if all goes well then they'll they'll be delivered to the house um when we land there on the second
1: uh you did air, air out
0: yeah um because the last time I did sea or ocean or whatever it's called they could, the bikes kind of got damaged
1: and they took forever and yeah. it scares me with all the ports and stuff like every port you see is backed up so yeah, yeah. I just don't want to run into any
0: issues so as much as it costs to do air we're going to do air there and back
1: to actually well I you know that's something I was going to bring up because I remember the year I did it I was like air on the way out because it was just you knew it was a lot more um you know uh, solidified and then on the way back there was no rush but same thing like I got hit with like a cleaning bill or whatever the hell it was, and, and I remember the yeah. one year uh, one of the bikes was uh, got ruined or something on one of yours, right? So um,
0: yeah, it, Kevin bike, bikes. Yeah. They sprayed it with this dis- or whatever they used to disinfect it because they had a little bit of mud on them. Yeah. And it totally ruined Kev's engines. Like, of course,
1: the poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, air and air back, and the difference in cost of that is it's ridiculous too, right? Like for people to want to know. Oh my God. Yeah. The
0: shipping, like there and back, is going to be over
1: twenty thousand dollars. That's crazy, but, eh? But. To be honest, my bill for the cleaning and when we
0: got in trouble when they came back air was twelve thousand. So it's like we as well just pay it up front and have them go there and
1: back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And, well now, t- so. And doing it now you kinda know you can plan for that year to year to come kind of thing like that. So um Okay, so going this year and looking at it, before we talk about the sort of um, unfortunate circumstances that's going on in the States, uh, imagine, you know, America's going, they got their ace team, whether let's say it's Sexton, Cooper, and Tomac again. Um, With our squad and knowing what you know and following results and seeing the the GPs and stuff and looking at all the teams announced, um, what's your goal right now before you get there, knowing with what our guys can do?
0: I think my goal with this team and kind of gauging... I mean, I'm, I do watch the GPs, but this is a, t- a completely different race. With, I think in my head, and it, it, you know, it is what it is, but I think top, I think fifth to seventh
1: is my goal. Okay. I, I really want to surpass like that eighth place, that that, you know, that's
0: the best we've done and that's our, kind of our benchmark, but I think with the team we have going, I really think we have a strong, strong team this year. Um, and
1: I, I do really think that five, six, seven is where we're going to be. Hopefully. Do you think it deters our supporters, our fans, whatever it may be, when we raise this money and we go there and we get 14th, or we get the year I went, I think we got 17th because of uh, uh, the DNF, the Colton got, and and um, you know the, the one year you got 13th with the, the bike that blew up, the Tyler rode, and like obviously unforeseen circumstances. But do you think it deters the the positivity? if they don't live up to like you see how hard the americans are on the american racers do you think we have that in canada
0: i don't think we have it to that extent i think there's i think people that aren't super involved in the sport you know like like say some of my cousins or whatever when i get home and they're like oh how do you do And i'm like oh 14th and they're like oh <laughs> right. but i think people that like actually follow it and you know like or Knoop and those kind of those kind of people like they're like oh yeah you know good job you didn't go to the B final like that's kind of like
1: Yeah all that I always get so if we go to the B final I find people are like oh my god but if we don't then people are like yeah they're, they're pretty stoked but I really our fans are not as crazy aggressive with the riders as the US ones are no, I are so
0: hard on those guys
1: I think like, some US fans would like send like semi death threat DMs to these riders at times like it's really really oh, hard. yeah. It's really bad. Um, I know
0: Marshall got death threats one time, not for TMSI, obviously, but he, like, after a moto, he got, like, a death threat sent to him on Instagram, and it's like,
1: nice. you're, holy crap. You're like, good people. Like, this dirt bike racing Um a while. Okay, so now moving into the, the, the sort of craziness that America is sort of going through, and it, to be honest with you, Court, it almost sounds like a little bit more of a Canadian problem for all these years on steroids. Like, yeah, you know I what I mean? Agree. Like there's nobody, there's people trying to lead the way. And now there's too many voices and nobody wants to go. And the, the Cowie guys don't like the, like, like the, the, the date and the, uh, the, the thing of the sport, the Yamaha guys now don't want to help. Like it's like, I mean, I get most of my stuff through pulp or I even listen to vital MX and Lewis Phillips and stuff like that. And, but I'm, and I, you know read online. And I'm like, it's like, it's almost an embarrassing mess right now with this country yeah that just went one, two, three, they didn't win for 11 years, and it's pretty freaking crazy, and to think like, you know, the, a bunch of years for our stuff, we were dealing with this shit, it seems like it's minuscule compared to this now, what America's going through, it's crazy. I agree.
0: I think it's like, I think it's really tragic for the riders, that all this, it's the same as our riders, right, it's it's all this dirty laundry, and all these anim, all this animosity, and all these hard feelings, and realistically this is about the riders getting to ride for their country and represent their country and i think if you talk to most of those top guys they do want to do it and then it's the sponsors or the management that get involved and then it just becomes so political that it's it's something that nobody's going to want to touch moving forward like it's it's so toxic you even bring up donations in the u.s or you know i I read a lot on twitter obviously and it's just like holy shit these people are like Almost to the point of violence, like, about it. And all these guys want to do is race. And, like, obviously, I, I talk to some of them, but I don't I don't know what the answer is. Like, unpopular opinion, but, like, maybe they need to have a total revamp of the management of Team USA. You know, maybe there's too many hurt feelings and they're too closely tied with the
1: teams. And maybe they need someone. Like, I don't have a team in Canada, so I'm pretty, like, neutral. Yeah.
0: And I think maybe the U.S. has to go to something like that, like maybe uh, Paul Parabinos and Dan Truman run the team or, you know, somebody that's not closely connected with the teams because it's, you're going to pick favorites, obviously. And if you work for a
1: manufacturer, or if, let's say someone from Star was running the team, like they're going to pick favorites. and yep. I don't know. I think it's just they need to
0: really sit down and revamp the whole thing before it's going to get better, because this is just going to get worse year after year, because then they're going to be like, well, fuck him, fuck him, he didn't want to come,
1: fuck her, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can't have that in something that involves so many different riders
0: and teams and, and budgets, I mean, they could completely make it a little bit different too, like, I think in the years they've given the US a lot of control and a lot of power at that event, you know, they get three semis, so each rider doesn't even have to be under the same tent, and... I
1: think it needs to go a little more grassroots with it. Uh, well, like, I, 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 I don't know if you did listen on Monday. Paul Parabunas was actually the host with the pulp, and that was a huge conversation because oh. he's a huge advocate and was trying to kind of be that sort of like middleman and sort of unbiased ground. And and uh, to be honest, he was I, I think he almost – he was almost wanted to like shed a tear for what's going on right now Aww. because he just doesn't have the answer. I, I, I'm speaking on my thing. I don't like when I was listening, he was really bummed. And he really, he said a bunch of times, he's like, this is, this is taking the passion right out of this for me. Like I just, you know, this sucks like our, our country and, you know, and then Steve he'll pipe up and talk about, you know, how many people want to go to the event to see the USA team, right? Like how many, yeah. how many spectators or fans are drawn because of that, american team now i think it probably has come down a little bit over the years because of how good the gp guys have been and and you know the draw that hurlings gets or even when it was caroli roman fevra and and these kind of guys and 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 stuff like that and even our own country when when we had these teams of strength and stuff like that people wanting to pay more attention to the event like i'm a i'm a drunk ass fan i've been watching that event like since i've known the sport kind of thing right so but drawing drawing those new people in that these other riders have, have kind of brought into the fold and um, yeah, it's a, it's a really weird scenario for sure for, you know, what the powerhouse it is, but then you throw it on the other side of things like this is something we don't have to deal with. You got this SMX and this WSX and, and they're all going around the same time and they're trying to take these riders or not trying to take them, sorry, but trying to create a series for other riders and then they're paying more money here. So do they want to go represent their country? And it's a, right. it's a pretty wild time to, if like, if, if I was Ryan gold uh, like I am here in Canada in this industry and I was down in the States right now, I'd be like, like, I, I would I be losing sleep right now going. What is happening with our sport? Like, what's going on? Like, is it is it just cutthroat? Like, fuck this guy and are we doing this? Are we working together? Is the FIM or the AMA and MX Sports are they out to get the FIM and and maybe they are? Like, it's um, it's a pretty wild scenario. Uh, and and what's getting exploited is the MX of Nations event and the riders and the sort of drama and politics that are going with it right now.
0: Well, and I think like I struggle with sometimes when I read the comments and it's like, they need to pay the U.S. to go and they need to pay, like, you know, in front and MXGP need to pay. It's like, well, what about all these other countries? They're paying to go too. Like, so I know the U.S. is a big draw, but there has to be a better system or a better answer than just paying them to go because I don't think the money's the issue. I don't think you could throw 400 grand at them and I don't think it's going to solve the problem. Like, they have to come together and this event for them has to be for the higher-ups, not for the riders, because I know the riders, it's important to them, but the, the people that truly are making these decisions, they seriously need to sit down and think, okay, this event is important for our country, for our sport, for our fans. Like, we lost sleep over losing Team Canada for a few years. I couldn't yeah. imagine how Team USA is feeling. We don't have that one, two, and three on our bikes, and we're, we were upset that we weren't going.
1: Yeah, You know, so yeah.
0: it's it's just, I know it's causing stress for so many people, and You know, like, Christina had everything booked months ago
1: for Team
0: USA and the the hotels and the catering and all the shit and the semis. And and now for her, I haven't talked to her in a long time, but, like, for her to be sitting here now being like, well, fuck, do I get the deposits? All those hotel rooms are probably on her card. Oh, yeah. Same thing, you know? like And so all these people behind the scenes that do all this work and and then for a few people to just want to take their ball and go home like i I just i think it's horrible
1: for the sport horrible um now moving back to in the positive vibe of team canada here again you've raised all this money we're going it's going to be amazing hopefully weather's good and all that kind of stuff um is this this role that you've now taken on i know you love it and the and the passion is deep within is this something you want to do or like if there was a say like after this conversation that you you have or this conversation you're going to have with CMA and they're like hey let's do this let's plan for 10 years and they give you a 10-year contract if you will even though I don't think you'd ever want to sign 10 anything. years, Ten years. Oh my God. is that too okay too long. is that five years well wow. they have they have uh, wheelchair access at all these races right I'll Um, need like a hearing aid I'll (laughs) need like all all the things (laughs) Um, but I mean is this yeah I mean it's one of those things right be careful what you wish for because there's days
0: where I'm like why did I decide to do this and you know but I would definitely want to do it moving forward like I I don't know what the years look like
1: because I think it's going to depend on like teens and you know hopefully
0: we don't get to the point where people start to hate me and they don't want to go either so it's like I think when it's my time, uh, I should recognize it, and I'm sure I have enough friends in my corner, like you, that would be like, "Okay, girl, you got to get out. You're fucking awful, You're being mean." <laughs> like, you know. So I think I don't think I could put a time frame on it, but I do definitely want to do it for the next few years until the program is completely turnkey, and like, some kid up and comes and says, "I want to run the team." I can go, "Okay, here, here's all the files, here's all the group work, here's all the contacts," like. I would like for it to be something that's consistent moving forward, and I and I would definitely be willing to to do that until my time is up. For sure.
1: Um, I guess the next one, and I'm sure a ton of fans that are like sort of just super grassrooty. Could you ever see uh, an mx coming to Canada?
0: I don't know if we have the money to do it.
1: Well, that's the that's a big. You know, obviously, the majority of times they go to these countries, the governments are very deeply involved, and and there's that kind of funding and stuff like that. Um, but maybe it's maybe it's having this consistency that you're talking about that could create a very good vibe. But I mean, is uh, is it worth it? Is that something that would be worth it to our country? Like, say everything in the perfect scenario, Court, and, and we have the money, and, you, you know, Gopher Dunes or Walton would be ones that could house everybody as far as land and, and shit like that. You know, maybe not amenity-wise. Maybe Gopher would be better because it's closer to London with an airport. Whatever it is, um, like, would it, would it be a good thing for the sport here in Canada, or is that just something that only needs to go to the countries of these that are a lot more wealthy, if you will, in this, in our sports side of things.
0: I think it would be, I think it would be cool for our fans to be able to have one. I just don't know if we would have enough European fans and American fans that would come up, that would fill it. And I just don't know if it would be a super big success. And that would suck because then you, you either need to do it and have it be a success or you don't want to take that gamble on the camera panning over a Canadian MXON and, there's
1: you know 2,000 people there yeah I, I thought I think would be the hardest part right like I mean we have a great series right here and, and promotion and great riders and yeah sometimes we're hardly getting 3,000, 4,000 people kind of thing at stuff and you yeah. know you go to Redbud last year even when you went to Italy which I think was probably bigger um, you know we're talking 50,000, 60,000 people and mm-hmm. um, like they don't even get that I mean not that a hockey stadium holds that but like hockey doesn't even get that in our country kind of thing right um, so. No, and
0: I don't know if the Moto fan, you know, there's just so much that goes with it. You see the European fans, like some of those parking lots, like parking B and C, are a solid two kilometer walk. Oh from yeah, the gate.
1: <laughs> and you see them with their kids and their coolers, and I'm driving to, and I'm like, I wouldn't walk that far to watch a race, and I'd like to
0: think I like motocross, yeah, but there is not a fucking chance in hell I'm bringing my nephews two kilometers with a cooler because they'd be whining before we even got there. Like, I, so I don't know, like. The Euros just are a completely different yeah. kind of mindset, I think, than,
1: than yeah. the North American fans. Yeah, well, and again, you know, if they, uh, I've been hearing that they're going to change to, if the next one that comes to States is going to be at Ironman, has um, got the bid, right? Which is, I think, uh, yeah. so not 2024, 2025 is the just through, like I said, through Pulps or Twitters on with Lewis Phillips kind of thing. Um, and I, I foresee that one being as good or, or better than, than redbud I, I, you know what i mean i think those tracks are that iconic yeah. and those areas have such a great fan base but you look at when they had MXGP's at, at um, Glen helen and stuff like that like nobody went you know yeah. although they were at odd times but with an mx of nation work in california uh, compared to where grassroots racing of where indianas or michigan's or uh um yeah, pennsylvania something to be said for those like
0: flyover states when it comes to moto yeah like, they're the ones that show up they don't care if it's muddy they almost love it yeah and i think that kind of that region i think is more successful in our sport just because they don't care if it's windy if it's dusty if it's cold like it doesn't really phase them whereas i feel like more when they go to like a california or somewhere like that it's they're harder to get to because the traffic's shit and then the parking's usually shit at the tracks like it's, it's so much harder
1: to yeah. do something in California. And as, I think, yeah, the, can, like. to the Canadians that maybe we're too tight ass because Lot B would be tough to handle up here in Canada. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. If we, if I'd have, if I was my track, if I was Diggs, I mean, he, he, he's a Nazi with parking and shit anyway. I couldn't even imagine if we had a Lot B going off can on. Can you
0: imagine, Derek, if he had a Lot B and he uh, like crazy through there Pioneer, he would be raging.
1: Oh, like, he God. would have to just make a like, deal with himself to not go over there until Tuesday. Yeah, you'd have to run it for him. Just sit, just sit back and let it fly. <laughs> and hopefully, the insurance is covering anything that's happening right <laughs> there. Um, shit. Uh, let's talk about Cycle North. How's the shop doing? How's things over there? The business? Things are good. It's yeah, been uh, it's been a
0: good summer. It's been really smoky this summer, so that's been a little bit brutal. Every time we go to the lake and stuff, it's been like. Cost City, but yeah. it's, uh, the shop's busy. We took on a big marine dealership, so that's been a bit of a learning curve for me on the park side, but, uh, my brothers are loving it. Their wakeboards, wakeboard boats, and, you know, the pontoon boats and the big ocean boats have just been a crazy change for us as far as margins and stuff go. I mean, it's no secret that, like, you sell a dirt bike and you make a couple hundred
1: bucks and yeah. you sell a boat and you make, like, Yeah. You know, a lot more. A lot
0: more? <laughs> a lot more.
1: <laughs> so it's definitely been, um, been good that way but yeah it's it's definitely for me because i have to learn the part side of it it's been a little bit of a pain in the ass but um okay, okay. Uh, this has been a manager check-in here with Courtney Lloyd, Motocross of Nations, Team Canada manager. Big thanks to KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, Gas Gas Canada, and, of course, Bristol Coachworks. Uh, if you want to get a hold of those folks or find out anything about them, hit us up at CanadianMotocrossUnfiltered.com and, of course, cmx CMXUnfiltered un, CMX on Instagram. I always get that one wrong. Ken gives me shit. Um, last thing to bring to show you. This is going to be the toughest question I've got for you. The toughest question of this entire interview we're going on 45 minutes here i want to know the over and under amount of hugging that's going to go on this trip
0: (laughs) you have a big issue with my hugging
1: no no i just i'm just i'm not a hugger i'm just i'm not a hugger i know you're not a hugger but i don't know why i do it i really don't it's like some weird thing there's gonna be a lot there's gonna be a lot of hugs there's gonna be a lot there's gonna be a lot of crying i mean i'll
0: see pettison of canada coat and start bawling it's just what i
1: do it's it's
0: absurd and i wish i didn't do it but i'll probably be hugging like estonia if you really were to know like who knows
1: yeah that's true (laughs) well hey they are good people over there in estonia uh 44 45 and 46 the numbers uh no 43 43 44 and 45 so dylan is 43 Right, because yeah, because yeah, the KTM said forty-four and forty-five. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I yeah, mean, right. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch live. I'll be running an event uh, during it, but I'll be. I can't
0: believe you did that. By the way, you put your year-end event on the same weekend as donations.
1: Like uh, donations was not picked yet when I made my schedule. That's how organized AMO is. Okay. Okay. that's how well, organized you it. I am are the
0: schedule guy and you planned it the like the biggest race
1: of the year who plans and who plans a race against canadian thanksgiving okay come on
0: uh it's only, when we did it at red Bud that year that was canadian thanksgiving too sir
1: was it really oh, planned, oh yeah by the way who
0: plans a banquet on thanksgiving that's family time
1: no that's the monday that's why i planned it that way they can <laughs> hang out with their families on monday <laughs> Um, yes okay uh, well nothing worked out we'll get them to change the dates and we'll, we'll, we'll be in uh, I'm here in Spain or Matterly next year okay well
0: just don't do your schedule until
1: theirs comes out just chill out AMO is way more important than donations. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh Courtney as always thank you so much for your time the honesty and I'm super pumped and proud of you uh, your folks Thanks. must be proud your brothers probably don't give a shit um, no, they don't. No. They don't even know where I'm going. Yeah, they don't even care. Do they sell boats in France? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's, what kind of part? are we going to make money off of this? <laughs> yeah, we exactly. not. Oh, okay, then I don't care. <laughs> um, give my best to Randy and the lovely wife and all that good stuff. And, again, congratulations. Um, and uh, way to go, girl. Way to go, girl. Thank you. Way to go. Thanks
0: for checking in. I appreciate it.